Welcome to the Attractions Group Podcast. I'm Don Helbig, alongside Ryan Sir, a milestone episode for us, number 50. Ryan, how you I'm doing? I'm doing great. I feel like a, a 50 podcast old human being today. How do you feel? I feel good. I mean, it's uh, that's a lot of podcasts. It, you know, a lot of times uh, people get into this and they're not real consistent with it. They might do it once a month, once every six weeks, maybe a couple times a month. But we've been pretty much every week, unless something came up that uh, neither of us could get around. And uh, it's been great with the consistency. So it's been a lot of yeah, fun. I agree. It has been a lot of fun. There have been a couple times when we had technical difficulties. I think that accounts for most of the times when we didn't have a show on the night we wanted to. Um, I know you were out of town at one point. I think we didn't do a show that time. And then we took the week between Christmas and New Year's off because who would listen to our podcast during that week? So we'll probably do that again this year. But other than that, yeah, real consistent almost every single week. But yeah, so episode 50, I we've made it very, very far. But uh, if you... Yeah, we have. And we continue to evolve and find different things to talk about every week. And, you know, it's always good to see the different, uh, you know, the feedback that we get from our our audience, and we really appreciate those who uh, tune in to us every week to see what uh, what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. And uh, speaking of which, uh, huge response. Uh, I, we always try to go so small scale with this stuff of like, yeah, send us a send us a private message if you want a T-shirt, and then we get blown up with it. So um, we were able to hammer a lot more of that out. We will have pictures of the T-shirt soon, and we will put that on social media. Um, what we have been able to determine is the shirts are twenty five bucks. That includes shipping. Otherwise, like one of if you're local anywhere in the United yeah, States, anywhere in the United States. And if you're super local, then we can just meet you at, you know, Stricker's Grove or something. You know, if you're in the Cincinnati area. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, follow us on Twitter at attractions underscore GRP. Uh, check us out on your favorite podcast apps. Uh, and then, you know, obviously on YouTube, we do have a video version and the, the video version is actual video. It's not just the audio with a picture of our logo or anything stupid like that. It's got, um, visual aids and stuff for those of you who are more visual per people like me. Um, but yeah, so, uh, very, very cool. Um, Don, what do you want to talk about today? You know, I was thinking, Ryan, um, a place that, uh, you and I absolutely love one of our favorite places on earth. It is Universal Orlando Resort. So I thought that you and I might uh, discuss tonight uh, what each of us feel are our top five can't-miss attractions when you go to Universal. I mean, these are the things you have to do. And if you walk you know, out at the end of the night and you've done these five things that you and I recommend, and it may be more than five if our lists are different, uh, but if you do that, you've had a good day. You've had a great visit. You got your money. Yeah, back. yeah. And to clarify, so the way that this is going to work, uh, Don made a list of five. I made a list of five. There probably will be some overlap. There probably will be some not overlap, um, but we, we do not know what each other's lists are. So this will be very, very interesting even for us. But the way that uh, I approach this, and I assume you did the same way too, Don, was that it's... Um, it's not so much the top five attractions as in like Incredible Hulk is huge and Velocicoaster is huge and stuff. It's more like if I happen to find myself down in Orlando for one day and I had time for five attractions, these would be the ones that I would personally want to hit. Exactly. And that's how I approached it too. And that's why it's, it's going to be different than what our you know listeners are going to expect us to say. And I think that's a good thing. Uh, because there's a lot more to Universal than than just those uh, signature roller coasters that they have. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, this is going to be really exciting. Do you want to take the first one, or should I take the first one? Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw the first yeah. one out there. And for me, if you're going to go to Universal in Orlando, 
you absolutely have to see the Bourne Stunt Spectacular. That is the best show that I've ever seen in the amusement theme park industry. You know, Don, I did not put that on my list, but I wish I had thought about that because I could not agree more. Uh, I mean, we've talked about the Bourne Stunt Show on this show before, um, but I, I agree. That may be the best show that I've ever seen. Uh, I could see that every day. And you know, when when you and I saw that in November, and it was the, one of the first things we did, mm -hmm. I thought if that's all we did the rest of the day, you know, it was worth our visit there because that was just an amazing show. And you walked out, or just so many wow moments with it, that uh, that, for me, was the one thing that you absolutely have to do when you're going to Universal. Yeah, and for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, uh, it's uh, Universal Studios, so the actual Studios Park in Florida, um, and it is based off the Born Identity. And the basic premise of the show, it is a stunt show. So it, it follows a loose storyline where it's this spy that does James Bondy kind of things. But the big wow thing is that there's this huge IMAX screen and you never know what's real and what's on the screen because it's such a high resolution. And then they'll bring out full cars as props. They have fire. They have water. Yeah. Just, oh, my gosh. Such a, yeah, amazing. Yeah. But before we move on, let's let's qualify this. In order to do what's on our top five, you're gonna have to buy the two part ticket. You're gonna have to have that. Yeah, yeah. You'd be foolish not to, um, because uh, most of the people that are out there that are coaster enthusiasts probably typically prefer Islands of Adventure. But for me, for the uniqueness and stuff, which is a huge value to me, um, Universal Studios is really the one. Um, but before we go any further. Why don't you tweet at us at attractions underscore GRP and tell us what your favorite Universal Studios attraction is. I don't care if it's Florida, Hollywood, Japan, or wherever. Let us know. We'd love to hear. All right. I think it's my turn. Um, I chose Men in Black Alien Attack is another one. Not on my yep. list. Not on my list. Not even in the consideration pool. Really? But I know a lot of a lot of people, you know, love that attraction. I can see why it's on your list. What do you like about it, So Ryan? the thing that always impressed me about uh, the big down south parks for their dark rides is when they have buildings that are multiple stories tall because it's so incredibly immersive. So like when you ride a dark ride at most theme parks, you're looking at dioramas essentially. But with this, it's got buildings that are three or four stories tall and you're shooting aliens that are, you know, 150 feet away. And it's it's a it's a shoot 'em up game. And I know publicly I kind of, uh, you know, dog on those things a little bit. Uh, like on social media and stuff. But the reality is this one's like legitimately fun. It's exciting. Um, it follows the same storyline as like every other ride of this type where it's like, this is just a simulation. Oh, wait, no, the aliens really did attack. You got to get the aliens. And then, oh, wait, no, it was just a simulation. You know, that sort of stuff. Um, but I, I think that uh, just the immersiveness, you go through like city streets. I don't I don't know what city Men in Black takes. I don't know if it's like a fictional city or if it's New York City or something. But there's mailboxes, there's fire hydrants, just just everything. Facades of buildings. Um, there's one point toward the end of the ride where you go through like a metal, or, uh, like not a metal detector, like an x-ray kind of thing. And you find out that the car that's, that's opposite you is full of aliens. And the person who shoots it makes the other car spin a bunch and you get like 100,000 points. That's a good Easter egg there for you, but very, very cool ride. So, Don, why don't you tell me your uh, your next one? Or uh, do you have any final thoughts on Men in Black? I... No, no. Like I said, I've, I've uh, experienced that attraction several times. You know, I like it, but not good enough to get in my top okay. five. Okay. All right. Well, what's another one in your top five? 
Well, the next one of my top five, I think this is going to be pretty much on everybody's list, is going to be the Jurassic World Velocicoaster. Um, you know, for me, it's as much about the theming and just the setting of, of that ride. Um, some great photo opportunities, so even if you don't ride it, uh, you can enjoy it. Uh, so I had that as number two on my list. It's, you know, it's, I don't know that the, the ride itself, I wouldn't, if it was a standalone without all the theming and that, I don't think it would be in the top five, but I think just the, the storytelling component of it, how they've, they've got it themed, um, you know, it's, it's, it's nice, it's immersive. Um, you know, it's not just another roller coaster when you're riding it because of all of that. Oh, I did not put that on my top five. I'm just kidding. I totally put it on my top five. So we finally have. <laughs> hey, we have a so we're one. one yeah, we one, have right? finally have an one intersection. Yeah. So um, I I agree. If it was out in the middle of a field, it would not be nearly as good. Uh, but what ride would be? You know, when it integrates with the right. terrain, when it has theme and stuff, it makes a huge amount of difference. Uh, and that's one of those rides where the ride itself is phenomenal. It's a ten out of ten. But the queue is just as good too. Um, there's a very famous scene in it where you you see the the roller coaster train go by and then you have like a vol from your perspective it looks like a velociraptor is chasing after them so i lo i love right. that part what's your favorite element on the ride like what's your favorite part of the ride itself i think going through to get on the really? ride really you know just just all of those things yeah i think just the storytelling component of it um the ride itself is good um but i like the storytelling component um you know, as much, if not better than the ride itself. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I would say like, uh, the, like, as far as like roller coaster elements are concerned, uh, the part where it goes over the lake and it kind of does like a zero G roll or yeah. whatever manufacturer, but yeah, that, that's but yeah whatever Intamin's calling those things. Um, that's my favorite, like elements of the actual, like physical ride experience, but you're right. Like the queue itself, it's like, I mean, you have to ride the ride, but you know, in hindsight, if it's like you can ride the ride without the queue or you can just walk through the queue, you, you might want to choose to walk through the queue every once in a while, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think that's, um, you know, it's a lot of fun. The other part of that, too, is you're having, you know, you're kind of immersed in all the, the stuff as you're going through there. And then you it's your turn to ride. And you're like, oh, OK, yeah, we're ready to ride. You almost, you know, wish it continued even longer uh, with all the other. Parts. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and a lot of it, uh, it looks that whole area looks very good and looking like the movie Jurassic Park, um, you know, cause they have, it was funny because I, I, I saw Jurassic Park in theaters in like 93 when it came out. And I love that movie cause I was right at the perfect age for that. I would have been 10 years old, but um, I didn't notice until we were down there for IAPA that the building right next to Velocicoaster is like identical to that main building um, in the movie, you know, when, the the kids are being chased by the velociraptors toward toward the climax of the movie. I had no yeah. idea. I never picked up on that because I'm kind of stupid, but very very cool. Um, okay, I think it's my turn. Yeah, you you did velocity. It is. Yeah, your it turn. is. Okay, I chose uh, the Harry Potter Forbidden Journey ride, and uh, so a little bit of background on that. That's the oldest one. That's from 2008 or nine. It's in Islands of Adventure. Um, you, you go on a magical tour, uh, using those Kimbo arms, uh, you're on the vehicle. It simulates you flying on a broom. Um, it, the arm is on a track. It's just, a, it's a technological marvel. Uh, I'm not a big Harry Potter fan. I've never seen a movie. I've never read a book, but this ride is just absolutely incredible. And I can't say enough about it. What are you thinking? I know you don't love the screen ride so much, but what are your thoughts on it? It was just outside my top five. Um, I, I think that whole Harry Potter section, it, it's just, 
amazing. It's incredible. The attention to detail. You do feel like you stepped right into the movie. Uh, so, Ryan, if you ever watch a Harry Potter movie, you're going to feel that way. Um, you're not a super big Harry Potter fan, but I've watched all the movies. And just walking around and you see the dragon with the fire and all that, um, you know, it's incredible. And that ride, you know, is part of that whole experience there. Uh, tremendous ride. You know, I, like I said, it was just outside my type top five, uh, but not my favorite kind of ride. So that's why it fell out of the top five. Yeah. And, and um, honestly, uh, just to forewarn, most of the people listening to this podcast would probably be fine, but um, I do see a lot of people on the exit steps coming out, sitting there trying to hold back their uh, regurgitation as a result of the general nature. The ride isn't that extreme, but it does have moving parts along with moving screens. So a lot of people can't tolerate it. Yeah, don't get on it right after you've eaten Yeah, something. unless it, yeah, especially something that would look gross coming back up. But um, <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, it's like I said, it's it's a it's an outstanding ride, um, but just not my type of ride. So that's why it fell out of my top. OK, five. yeah, uh, completely fair. Uh, have you ever seen the projection show that they do? Uh, they do a couple different yeah. ones. I don't remember if they had it when we were down there for IAPA. But uh, the last time I was I was down there on business and uh, David, who's been on the show several times, uh, he and I went to Universal because we had a free day and they did a show that was about like the different ha- like houses like. Hufflepuff. I, I don't know enough. I'm, I'm going to offend somebody if I get one of these wrong, but they, they did this stuff and it was a lot of, per- <laughs> a lot of big words in Harry right. Potter. Right. Yeah. Uh, Gryffindorf, Hufflepuff and you know, whatever. Um, so, but they did a lot of projections and they had a little bit of pyro, but it was like the pyro wasn't there just to say they had pyro. It was like, it would interact with the projection. So imagine like the, a, a dragon breathing fire and the fire goes up the side of the castle and then the castle shoots a firework up like perfectly in line. So, Tons of stuff that can be done. Tons of stuff that is done. Don, what's your next one? My next one, and this is a favorite of mine. It is the Dudley Do-Right's Ripsaw uh, Falls. Love that ride. Uh, Big, uh, you know, uh, water ride fan of all the water rides I've been on. That's my favorite. Uh, You you get soaked on that ride. The 75-foot drop. I mean, it feels, you know, twice as tall as that when you're going down it. Uh, but just just so much fun, and it was a lot of fun, uh, you know, to do with family and friends. Uh, when my wife and daughter, one of the first times that we went to Universal, um, and my daughter was just tall enough to ride it. I mean, it was just you know just so much fun, and and you know just so memorable. You know, we talk about it to this day. So that uh, is is on my list of an attraction that you have to do when you're at uh, Universal Orlando. Yeah, um, I've ridden that before. I'm not a huge water park guy or water ride guy because I hate having like my shoes soaked and stuff because that just makes me miserable. It doesn't last long there in Florida. Okay. So, you know, if you're in the Midwest or something, yeah, you might walk around six, eight hours with your socks and your shoes soaked. Mm. Uh, but there, you know, 30 minutes later, you don't even know you went on a water ride. Yeah. Well, I don't know. The humidity makes it harder to dry, but uh very cool ride. So um it, it is like a shoot the shoots, right? If I'm recalling correctly. Yeah. Um, but yeah. what what's really unique about it, and I think it still has this element is the, the story element. Yeah. I, I like that right. part of it. That's got it's got the characters. Uh, the other part of it for me, you know, it's an original attraction. Mm-hmm. I love uh, experiencing rides at parks that have been there since day one, and that's one of them there. And it's just, uh, you know, again, it's something that you do with family and friends. You laugh, you have fun. Uh, you might want to do it again, you know, and you, and you talk about it years mm-hmm. later. That's what I like yeah. about it. And it's funny because uh, Universal Islands of Adventure has tons of day one attractions. It is a newer park. It opened in '99, I think. Uh, but Universal Studios Florida only has three day one attractions. 
Do you know what they mm-hmm. are? Can you guess? Top of my head, okay. no. They're, one's what, obvious, the other two you... are not. E.T. Yeah, E.T. Or right. Makeup Show. And yeah oh yeah 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 we saw that we did and uh hollywood pets the where they have the actual like pet actors or i think maybe it's called pet actors but nonetheless uh horror makeup i didn't put on the list but that's that's cool we'll we'll get to some honorable mentions real quick though how how good was the 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 woman actor in that show when we saw it last year i mean she was phenomenal yeah oh yeah just uh, man horror makeup is so freaking funny and i remember when the first time i saw when we saw it together that was the third time i saw it i think and um, the show uh, I was listening to, there is a Universal Orlando official podcast where they do, they do a great job. They're, they're between 15 minutes and a half hour, but they just hit on one thing, like your guide to horror makeup, your guide to E.T. or whatever, you know. Um, but the horror makeup show one, they were talking about how it's evolved over the years, but they've never like completely rescripted it. So it's a 30 something year old show now from 90 or 91, whenever the park opened. Um, and, uh, they just made the references and stuff to pop culture more relevant, but the show has been about the same. Um, but Mm -hmm. they had a woman on there that what played, uh, I think she goes by like JT or a, it's like an, like the the person's name is initial. So it can be a guy or a girl, depending on who's actor kind of like for, uh, Poseidon's fury, how it was always Taylor. Cause I could go either way, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, that that's such a great show. The first time I saw that, I was like, I don't want to see this. I don't really care about horror makeup. This is like, you know, I'm nerdy about a bunch of stuff, but I don't really care about horror movies that much. But uh, you do learn a thing or two about horror makeup. But the point is, it is the funniest damn show. You could see all five or whatever it is shows per day and you would still laugh so hard because they're so good at improvising and stuff. And, you know, they pick on little kids in the audience and it's just so funny. You know, all right, we we regress, but now it's back to you. Okay. Um, the next one I have is uh, I don't have the full name because I I can't hold my breath this long, but I just put down Hagrid's motorbike adventure. So I think the full name is Harry Potter presents Hagrid's magical motorbike adventure at Universal Resort in Florida, United States, North America, or you know, it's got the it's got a long name, and I I, I don't know what the whole name is, but uh. Fantastic ride. Uh, it is a roller coaster. Um, lots of really cool elements. Uh, the the story is what's most important, like most others. Um, but what there are two things about the ride that I really enjoyed. For one, it's a motorcycle. So it's a motorcycle and a sidecar. So if you sit in the sidecar, it, it kind of just feels like a normal roller coaster. But if you ride in the motorcycle side, it actually feels like you're jetting along in this. So it, the, the motorcycle side's a better side. Right. Yeah, I had the motorcycle side and you know, really enjoyed it. Um, again, great with the storytelling component, the theming of it, uh, did not make my top five. It did though, not. You know, so it, it, it was, it was another one that, uh, no, I mean, I have other things that, uh, you know, that are different that I can't get anywhere else. You know, you can get a roller coaster ride elsewhere. So those didn't necessarily, um, make my list because there were some other things that I couldn't get anything close to it. Uh, elsewhere so that's why i put it on my list yeah you know what and um typically i um i would agree because it's kind of like when i go to disney like uh, you know as we've stated on here i'm going to disney in a couple weeks i'm not particularly excited to ride like seven doors mine train because that's just a really nice mine train 
but Tower of Terror, I can't get anywhere, you know? So that's what makes me particularly excited. Yeah. So I agree. Um, but the motorcycle element is my my favorite as far as the roller coaster is concerned. Um, spoiler alert. So pause for go forward 15 seconds if you don't want to hear this. But there is a drop track. You know, um, uh, the drop track element is really, really cool. Um, lots of launches in it. Uh, there's a lot of onboard audio and stuff. And apparently, um, like, there's the button. There's bu working buttons. And, like, if you hit them at the right time, they do something. But I couldn't figure that out. Universal is loaded with Easter eggs. Yeah, a lot of Easter yeah. eggs. Too many. Okay. Um, you know what's funny is, uh, uh, speaking of this, <laughs> I want to bring this up because I'm thinking about it, but I'm totally breaking the cadence of the show. But um, when I, I put out that tweet on our Twitter saying, what's the longest line you've waited in? And somebody said, Millie, as in Millennium Force. What They said, Millie, when it first opened, I waited like four hours or something like that. And I said, oh, what song did you pick? And they're like, what are you talking about? And for they said Millie, and I read Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket somehow. Yeah, I, I don't know where yeah. my, my I got short-circuited. Um, but uh, so that's, <laughs> oh, my word. All right. I think the next one's you, Don. Another water ride, Jurassic Park. And, it, you know, it's one of the first. A ride that I rode when I first went to Universal in Orlando, and it was, uh, you know, memorable with my my wife and my daughter. She was only maybe four or five at the time, and just uh, you know how freaked out and frightened she was of the dinosaurs, especially there's this scene with the T Rex, you know, is is, is coming down at you, you know, ready to chomp you, and uh, you know I still remember that to this day, and that was you know, gosh, how many years ago, and that's why it's on my list, you know, just because. You know, it was fun. It was memorable. One of the first rides that I ever did there. So that's that special meaning um, to that. And also, you know, just being a dinosaur fan. You know, I, I think I like the animatronics. I think they, you know, they do an outstanding job of making those dinosaurs, uh, you know, look real. So uh, that's why it's on my list at number four. Yeah. Um, so uh, two different things. Uh, trivia. So did you know... Legend has it, and I've heard this from everybody, so I assume it's true because the more people say it, the more real it becomes. Uh, Steven Spielberg, when he rode the ride, he wasn't fond of like thrill rides, so they let him ride all the way to the top of the hill, and then they let him get out and <laughs> and just leave the ride because he didn't want to do the splashdown. Well, I've heard that story. Yeah. Um, but you know, but again, it, it to me, and when you're at Universal, they were one of the the you know, if not the first parks to really do a great job with the storytelling of their different attractions. So even if the ride itself wasn't outstanding as a standalone, just that storytelling, the theming all around it, um, just the setting, you know, that's what separates, you know, the rides there from other parks. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, and what, what Universal does, they do very, very well. Uh, let me ask you this, though. I'm going to put you on the But it's not on your list? This does not make it your did list. not make my list. No. And it's probably because it wasn't top of sight, top of or out of sight. It was like not top of mind, out of sight, out of mind, because I didn't ride it in November. Um, but yeah. what do you prefer? Jurassic Park or dinosaurs at Animal Kingdom? Jurassic Park. Do you, I, I kind of think the same thing. I haven't ridden dinosaurs in like eight years. Uh, hopefully I'll get, that'll change soon. But I remember when I rode them within a few days of each other, liking Jurassic Park more. Cool. Uh, I think it's me now. And I, ch 
It is. I you. chose it is you. Uh, E.T. The Ride. E.T. The Extraterrestrial. The Ride. Uh, E.T. No, needs no introduction. Sp Steven Spielberg um, movie, and it's got Drew Barrymore yeah. in it as a child. Uh, it famously has Reese's Pieces because M&M's turned down the spot, and then Reese's Pieces became huge, and M&M's could have had it, but they turned down the spot, so they didn't get it. Uh, that's another one of those where the queue is almost as excellent as the ride. Uh, one thing that comes to mind is that it has particular scents. They do a very good job with the scents. Uh, that scene when you go in and it's like the forest scene where it's got the speak and spell and stuff. Um, when that smell hit me, I just, it, it brought back the feels because I just remembered the last time I was in that exact same building. Yeah. Um, but it, the cool part is, is this is the first one. Um, my understanding is that this is the first ride that was a sequel to a movie. So this does not follow E.T. the movie. This is a sequel where E.T.'s on Earth and he asked you, you know, little Billy or whatever the kid's name was, to come to his homeworld to rescue it. So that's why you go to the, the um, is it Planet Red? I can't remember. I I don't remember what his planet's called. It does have like an actual like alien-y name, but like there's something they call it in the movie. But you get to see that planet for the first time. And that's when you got the welcome home, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. One thing I will admit is that a lot of uh, that ride needs rehab in the worst way. It's um a lot of the animatronics were in bad shape and you can't normally say that about universal stuff. So hopefully they give it some TLC soon, but uh, you're in a suspended car. Um, and a good Easter egg is that if you sit in the front, there's actually a basket with ET in it and the ET will poke up every once in a while. And like the scene where you come across the cops, he ducks down into it. So what do you think? Is E.T. on your list? It is good. Not good enough to make my top well, five. So it will not be my next you, you one. You only have one left, right? It does make the top, does make the top ten, though. Okay. Uh, but we don't have time for ten. We only have time for five That's true. Rides, time is Five money. attractions when you're there. So it didn't. And when you're talking about the, you know, the first one I threw out, the Bourne Stunt Spectacular, you're talking about 45 minutes of your time right there just to watch that, you know, plus whatever amount of time you waited in line for right. it. So you only have time for five. But if I had time for ten... Yeah, it's on okay. the list. So how many do you have left? We had a little bit of crossover. I have okay. one. What's your last one? I have one. My last one, and this is going to probably be a surprise to you, but it's the Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man, that 3D mm. uh, motion simulator, dark ride. Uh, I had never been on anything like that when I first experienced it back in 1999. And, you know... the. Again, I go back to storytelling. You know, you walk through the queue and you've got, you know, the office and everything there. Um, and then just some of the, you know, how it feels like you're dropping. And it was just incredible. Uh, so memorable. One of the first ones I did there. Uh, I've never been on a ride like that. So it, it stands out to me. And I want to relive those memories every time I go there. So I make sure that that is on my list of attractions to do. Um, yeah, that's another one where uh, I... I probably should have put that on. And I like, there's actually a couple universal, such a good park that it's so hard to choose. Um, and even the entrance looks great. Doesn't it with Spider-Man out front? You know, I think well, what great. I love is the queue and many blacks like this too. When we talk about these, like, um, you know, in men in black, when you go through, um, and there's that whole floor below you where you can see like the aliens working on the computers and stuff. This one has like, you're going through the daily planet. So there are like, people in there working and there's typewriters and stuff. And I think they actually like update the technology. So it's not like 
computers on the desks with big CRT monitors or anything like that. Like they modernize it. Like I remember um, with um, when I saw Terminator, which was a stunt show that was replaced by Bor the Born Spectacular Stuntacular. Um, they had like the latest iPad in the video because they they like reshoot it every once in a while or edit it or whatever to make sure that it doesn't feel like it's thirty years old. But um, yeah, that should have that should have been on my list. I, I've done a great service to you and many others. But uh, my favorite part is when you're falling and Spider Man catches yes. you. And I the first time I wrote it, I grabbed on because I thought we were I thought we were going down a hill. Yeah, oof. Yeah, exactly. And then like when he like he like jumps on the front of your car almost like that where it feels like he's done that um i think it's uh like i said it's just very memorable a lot of fun uh that sensation that you're you're falling mm -hmm. you know those are just the things i remember so i want to relive that yeah um absolutely and because i haven't done it over and over again it does uh, feel like the first time that you've experienced it because it is something you know that i would only do maybe once a year or once every two or three years mm -hmm. so it wasn't something that i'm doing four or five times a week completely right all right and then we both i think have a list of honorable mentions um i'll go uh, do you have a fifth one do you have a fifth one or we hit everything no because we crossed over with a couple so okay, so okay. I, what's your honorable mention so uh i put on my honorable mentions i have um the horror makeup show which we yeah we discussed honestly that that and born were both are kind of like they you could bump those up into the top five to potentially Easily. too um I still put Poseidon's Fury on there, even though it's closed now, um, because we're recording this episode in the future. But if you're listening to it in the past, make sure you ride that because it's going to be gone someday. Yeah. But um, yeah, Poseidon's Fury was that walkthrough attraction. It had the water tunnel. It had fire. It was some people hated it. Some people loved it. I fell into the camp that absolutely loved it. Um, but the one thing that I put as an honorable mention, but now that I'm thinking about it, I probably would have bumped out maybe Hagrid's for was the mummy, the mummy returns. Yeah. What a the great mummy ride. Good. Yeah. That's on my honorable mentions too. Um, I have cat in the hat. Oh, great. You know, great. Not, not like I said, not the, you know, it's especially if you have young children, mm. it's a lot of fun. I remember, you know, my first visit to uh, universal and my daughter loved it and wanted to write it again. And again, mm -hmm. and again, we ended up riding it 14 times that day. Um, she couldn't get enough of it. But, you know, in its simplest form, you know, storytelling again, you know, when you're going through there. And if you grew up watching the cat in the hat, you know, you know exactly what that story is. And, you know, you're immersed into that story when you're going through it. So I put the cat in the hat on there. Um, I put the Hulk on there. I do like the Hulk. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a lot of fun. So I had that on my honorable mention. And... I put their carousel that they have in the Seuss landing area. I put that on there. Uh, big fan of carousels. Every park that has a carousel, I'm going to ride it. Um, so, you know, what? some people, you know, they like to, to get their coaster credits. You know, I like the carousel credits and train credits. So I'm going to do those kind of things. But um, but I think, you know, we both threw out some good things. And, you know, we, we'd like to hear from you. So go to our Twitter. It's uh, attractions underscore GRP. Let us know, you know, what are your can't miss attractions at uh, Universal Orlando. Um, you know, both parks included, and uh, we'd love to hear what you think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the only other one I put on there, and this was a sympathy one because I don't like this ride and I don't think anybody else does, but I, I do feel like rides have emotions. So I did put Hollywood's Rip Ride Rocket on there um, <laughs> because I feel like that ride should be discussed because it is a major attraction. Um, let me 
so it is fun. I prefer that ride when it's kind of dusk. You know, I'll ride it not in the early in the day, not in the middle of the day, and you know, not the last thing I do at night. But if it's around seven o'clock at night, six thirty or something like that, you know, right before they close over there, I will I will ride it at that time. Yeah, a great night. I mean, it's visually a very cool ride. Um, so for those of you who don't know, it is a um it's a it's a roller coaster. I think Mauer makes it, but it's got a vertical lift hill. It's got a non-inverting loop, which is kind of cool. Um, and the big gimmick of it is you get to pick the songs. So like there's, there's it's like music themed and you pick the song on your lap bar. There's a little screen and you choose what song is playing. Um, there's actually, did you know there's a secret menu too, Don? Didn't know there's that. So, it, so I knew the basics. So you, the, the normal one, there's like 30 or whatever songs and you pick, you put in the number of the one you want, or you click on the one you want, or whatever. But there's tons of more, dozens more songs. You can find the list online. Um, but what you do, from what, what I recall, is you hold down the logo, the ride logo, on your lap bar for 10 seconds. And then it'll just say, like, put in the number. And you put in the three-digit number that's associated with uh, with that. And then it'll play a song that you want. Like, I did... BB uh, King, the thrill is gone because no roller coasters ever been themed to that. Now have they? Um, so no, I thought that no. was kind of cool. Um, but the only downside is if you are uh, a big stickler for getting the videos and the photos, because a big attraction for that one is that uh, you can buy the the video of your train going around and stuff like that, and it's synced to the music and so on. If you do one of the secret songs, you can you don't have that option. It's not in that database. Um, yeah. But the ride, the main thing, the reason why I don't like it is because um, uh, Universal Studios, the studio side, looks a lot like a back lot as it's supposed to, and then they got this big freaking roller coaster there, which does not look like it should be there. Um, no, it's 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 a uh, definitely um misplaced in that part of the park. Yeah, it's, if it was in the back of the park or something, it would probably be better. Whatever. Um, it's not the most comfortable ride. It is fun. Don't get me wrong. It is very long, very very long. A lot of the rides yeah. in Florida are really long though. Um, I thought you'd have Jimmy Fallon on your list. No, Jimmy Fallon. Um, it's definitely a not skip, but it's not a must do um, because I think that's fantastic. That's another one where the line is about as good. As, well, it's better in this case. The line is the, like the waiting queue is better than the actual ride. The ride itself is very weak. Like you would expect something like that when they opened in like 1990 because you sit in the audience for the Today Show and. You know, your thing rocks back and forth to a video. It's like, whoopty, you can get that at a seasonal park. But they have, like, you're actually in the green room for NBC Studios, and they made a perfect replica of it, at least to my knowledge. And they have, like, actual, like, relics and stuff from, like, the Conan O'Brien era, the Jay Leno era and stuff. So, um, the and they have live entertainment. So it's supposed to be, like, they remember the Ragtime Gals, the, the band that sings? It's guys, but they call them the Ragtime Gals. Um, they like come out and they like warm up and they perform on the stage and it's really cool. Um, so no, that's, that's one of those where I wouldn't skip it, but I also, if I didn't get to ride it, that would probably be okay. Um, one of the ones I have not ridden yet, the one universal attraction I have not ridden yet. And I was discussing this with my coworkers earlier today, Fast and the Furious. I've never gotten to ride that. I've been in line for it three different times and it's broken down every time. Um, but I understand I'm not missing a whole lot. I've not done that one either. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things you just run out of time. Yeah. And, and we and based on what I've heard from other people, it was like, if you got time, do it. But if not, you know, don't worry about it. Uh, but you were right to bring up the mummy as one of your, yeah. your, uh, 
you know, your honorable mentions, and it was on my list too. I thought that was a lot of fun. We we did that one last year. Um, just again, really well themed, like you know everything there is. What about Kong? And, uh, I'm okay with it. You know, again, if you got time, yeah. But I, if, I really, make, I would we're, say we're talking here about what you have to do, not not what you. Well, want we're talking do. about honorable mentions now. So the guess uh, what? The, you, the park stayed open no. for two more hours. <laughs> no, no, no. Go ahead and, and spend that time. You would have done that trying some of the food. Right. Exactly. That's a whole new episode for us too. We got to talk about, you know, the can't miss foods that are there too, because that that's pretty impressive. Yeah. So, uh, once again, th- um, you know, uh, tweet us your favorite universal attra- uh, studios attraction attractions underscore GRP on Twitter. Um, so and tell us where we're out of our mind. Like how can that make your top five list? You know, Tell us if we're wrong about one of these top five things that we talked about, too. You know, we want to know. Let's make it conversational. Yeah. By the way, um, so uh, I wanted to bring up a couple different things, um, and I've been meaning to do this for a while. Uh, so in the comments, um, Jack Laramore, so thank you for for commenting on our video. Uh, he meant we were talking about um, uh, the the racing carousel at Cedar Downs at Cedar Point. And yeah. I, it's one of two. And we couldn't figure out where the other one is. The other one's at Rise Playland. In Rye, New York. Yes, right. Yes. Yeah. So and I knew that as soon as we got off the, we, we, we got done with the episode. I was like, why didn't I say that? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I didn't really, um, fact check that, but that does sound right. And you know, he, he would know his stuff. So very cool. Um, no, he's, he's right. Jack is right about that. And then, like I said, I don't know why I didn't, uh, didn't remember that. And that's, that's one of those parks, you know, that, uh, we'll have to do an episode about Ride Playland, too. A lot of history, a lot of tradition there. Absolutely. So uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up was um, John Blasdell comment on last week's video about merchandise, how I mentioned that Dollywood has the candle shops, and I'm concerned that if I buy a candle and it's in a bag, then it could melt and so on, and I don't want to carry it around. And he made the good point, and a lot of parks are for this. Uh, Dollywood does have like a delivery service, so you can either buy it and have it shipped to your room at Dreamwarm, or Heart Song if you're staying there, uh, or I believe you can pick it up in the front of the park at the end of the day. So very, you can. very, very good. And we've solution. done that where where you pick things up at the end of the night, and it's uh, it's a great service that they provide there, so you're not lugging it around all day. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, I'm glad we we're better people now. And yeah, you know, please by all means, if we say something that you believe is incorrect or you have an opposing opinion, we will absolutely entertain it. So comment on the video, tweet at us, uh, yell at us in person. Just don't make physical contact. I hate that. But uh, <laughs> all right, cool. Well, yeah, Universal is such a fun park, and it's funny that we're getting hype about Universal. But I'm heading to Disney, but not Universal here in a couple weeks. Well, uh, we'll be talking about the Disney park. We, we'll have a lot to discuss episodes, because so. I haven't been there in eight years. So we got all that new Star Wars, Toy Story, Avatar, all that stuff is going to be new to me. But without further ado, it's time for a segment that we like to call the Pick Six. All right. Um, oh, I have the first Get story. Started. I got the first one. All right. So, um, um, okay. So speaking of Walt Disney World, and I swear this was not planned, but Disney announced that they were extending a lot of their hours for the summer. All right. So, um, and the the main thing, and the, the original story that I had written uh, was about how they actually extended Animal Kingdom because uh, Animal Kingdom typically doesn't have extended hours. So the rest of these aren't as big of a deal. Um but check this out. So Magic Kingdom starting July 17th. So all this is right after we leave there. Uh, Magic Kingdom will be open from 9 a.m. until 11 p.m. 
So I pity the parents with the four-year-old and the two-year-old that are there from 9 a.m. until 11 p.m., but I could probably do it, and so could you. Um, yeah, that's going to be beginning, what, July 17th. Uh, beginning July yes. 16th and going through July 22nd, uh, guests can enjoy Hollywood Studios for an extra half hour. Uh, they're going to open at 8.30 instead of 9 a.m. Um, and then... Res- that's a big deal. It is, and resort hotel guests will open it. will get there at 8, so good on them. Uh, July 16th through July 22nd, Animal Kingdom will be open at 8 a.m. instead of 9 a.m. and will close at 9 p.m. So Animal Kingdom, and they made a big deal about this on the in the actual article. Um, they used to close at five for years, and then they pushed it to six, and now they're pushing a little bit better. Uh, and during these days, uh, Walt Disney World hotel guests can begin at 7:30 a.m. Imagine hitting Animal Kingdom at 7:30 a.m. Uh, and then there's no news as to whether or not Epcot is going to be doing, um, you know, anything of the sort they haven't announced Epcot, I think is open till nine or I think that's, um, kind of like your seasonal fireworks show when they yeah. do their show at nine, but they close at nine, but yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's subject to change. I think we might see Epcot get a little bit extended hours too, before they're all, you know, they're into mid July here. I agree. Uh, I'm surprised it's not announced with everything else, but maybe there's probably, I mean, you personally know, because I know that parks you've worked for have been like, you know what, tonight we're going to stay up until 11 for various reasons. It's rare, but I imagine it's a logistical nightmare. Now, imagine that times 80 people, you know? So for every one person you had that stay that late, we're going to have 80 people stay that late. That's kind of the situation they're dealing with. So they're probably just hammering out the logistics and seeing if they want to do a half hour, hour or whatever. All right. Don, number two. Story number two. Buckies. Very don't exciting. Be don't be buckies. For me don't and be buckies. I don't be buckies. Thanks for you, too. <laughs> okay, we, we just had the world's largest buckies, the country's largest buckies open in Tennessee, Sevierville, right off uh, exit 407. Rave reviews, you know, just packed, backing up the interstate worse than it already was to get in there, you know, which is all great because that means they're all wanting to go to buckies. Uh, but a new one. The next one is going to be coming uh, into Florida. It is going to be near Ocala. I always wanted to, to find a reason to go to Ocala. Um, the governor there is is pushing hard uh, to get that uh, built quickly. So uh, you know we should see some things. Uh, you know the groundbreaking and and uh, possibly open a year from now. Who knows? That's fantastic. Um, yeah, I haven't been to the 407 Bucky's yet, the new one in Sevierville. Uh, I imagine you're going to go there before me, but oh yeah, uh, I'll probably be there in the fall. Um, I'm going to do a meet up there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm doing two meetups. I'm doing one in in uh, Richmond, Kentucky, and then I'm going to you know a couple hours later, I'll, I'll be doing one at the um, the one in Sevierville. That is going to be on August 17th. So more details to come on that. Um, you know, we'll tweet it out on our channels and that. But if you are a Bucky's fan and you live in an area where you can get there within an hour or so, whatever, you know, just take some time off work. Let's have some fun and let's go shop Bucky's. Yeah. So we'll call the morning one breakfast with Don and the afternoon one lunch with Don. Exactly. Perfect. Exactly. So we're gonna have some of those meetups. We'll take photos and things. It's gonna be fun. All right. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Perfect. Um. So this is uh this next story. This is number three. Uh, this is something that I wish more parks would do. Uh, Worlds of Fun is uh, releasing signature barbecue sauces. Um, the, if food is really becoming an attraction at different theme parks, I think that having things you can take home, I mean, Dollywood has it, but 
I, I think every park should have its own barbecue sauce. And, you know, I feel like a lot of par- parks have their own craft beers. I'm not a big beer drinker and stuff. But, man, if my local park had its own barbecue sauce or its own, like, chip seasoning, like, the the, the park has great chip seasoning. If they sold that, I would buy in a heartbeat. But uh, very, very cool. Um, but, yeah, that's Worlds of Fun. They're doing a lot for their 50th. But this is uh, this is definitely something unique. What do you think about it? You know, they've done different releases of their barbecue sauce over the years. I think their their newest one is um, attributed to uh, Zambezi Zinger. I've had the different bottles there um, that I, I've, you know, either had shipped to me or I was in a position where I could get them at different, uh, you know, off-site meetings and things. It's really good. It's really good barbecue. It is unique to their park. Um, there was one that was kind of a, like a hot spicy one I did a couple years ago. It was great on burgers, you know, so it, it is something that, you know, as you mentioned, you'd love to see more parks uh, do this. You would think with all the different kind of barbecue places that uh, parks are opening in, in recent years that, you know, would be a natural fit uh, for them to add these. And maybe we'll see that, you know, moving forward a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, Worlds of Fun, they've got uh, their own unique thing there. And if you're going to that park, be sure to load up on the barbecue sauce. And the great thing about it, too, is it's not that expensive. You know, it's a pretty good size bottle and it's, you know, right around like five ninety nine, something like that for it. So um, I would definitely, um, you know, check that out, buy a few bottles, um, bring some home for your friends. And it's definitely got its unique flavor, uh, different than any other kind of barbecue sauce that you're going to buy in, in, in just regular stores. Yeah. Um, and that's that's one thing that I do like about you mentioned the price point of like five ninety nine. And don't hold us to that because we we're not looking at the price. It's around yeah. that range. But um, I, I really hate it when things like that are where it's kind of like part of it is they're trying to sell a product and they're trying to make a margin and stuff. But also they're trying to show off what they have. And it's, you know, it's kind of like when they sell a T-shirt and it's like forty five dollars. And it's like that's almost like telling people not to look at your billboard. You know, so th- this being like inexpensive, I-, I think is really, really cool. But yeah, and it's not a situation where it's, you know, just barbecue sauce and they slapped a label on it. I mean, it is their own thing. It is something you only get at Worlds of Fun. You know, so that that makes it, uh, you know, different than anything else. And it really is good barbecue sauce. So uh, get the Worlds of Fun, check it out. Or if you know somebody that lives in the Kansas City area, have them get some for you and ship it to you. Yeah. And that would be a world of fun. Don, what is number right. uh, number four today? We have Ryan Chance Rides. They merged with a private equity firm. Um, those kind of things, mergers and acquisitions, you know, not uh, my specialty. Uh, but normally, you know, these things are okay. Uh, what do you think? So um, I want to be clear, and I don't know a whole lot about the inner workings of Chance Rides, and I don't know this private equity firm or their intentions, uh, but sometimes it's really good, but often it's not. So a private equity firm's job, they always put out a press release like this where we're so excited to have this partner, uh, you know, Apex Capital, Apollo Global Management, heard of them before, Blackstone, all these. And they're like, we're so pr- partnered with them and this. Uh, okay, so here's what it breaks down to. There, there are two sides of this coin. The positive is Chance Rides is going to have access to resources and capital they did not have before. So if that was a problem, this is a solution. Yeah, so as I looked at that, for me, it was like maybe it's a good thing it's a cash infusion, those kind of 
you know, that part of it. Right. Number two, private equity firm is not in the ride manufacturing business. So they have one interest and that's making money. They're not about the, the making money and reducing cost. Exactly. So what they typically do is, uh, what they, what they're probably going to do because chance what they would do. So, okay. Black, so Blackstone and, or actually Apollo Global Management bought Great Wolf Lodge. And they've done something weird where they and Blackstone formed a company together that co-owns it now. But ultimately, the intention was they bought Great Wolf Lodge because Great Wolf Lodge was hurting. And they're, probably their intention was to spin it off. They're going to get it to a point where it's super profitable, spin it off into its publicly traded company, wash their hands of it, and make a ton of money in the process. That's what private equity firms do. Chance Rides is not big enough to do something like that. So probably what they want to do is they want to make it so they're cutting costs and they're improving the portfolio in a way that's like they're selling more stuff and then probably sell to a bigger dog like Intamin or something like that. That's 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 that would be my guess. I do not have inside information in this. Uh, I can speak about this because they are not a publicly traded company. Neither of them are publicly traded companies. But that's typically what happens. Um, I'm a little worried for chance rides with, in, in this instance. But at the same time, we don't know what we don't know. So don't get concerned if you're passionate about chance rides until you hear something, which will be right. a very long time down the road. All right. What's next, Ryan? Okay. So the next one is, uh, well, here's a more lighthearted one. <laughs> so, uh, woman sneaks into Disneyland and <laughs> okay, the title, let me just read you the title first. Woman sneaks into Disneyland and hides and ride to avoid arrest. So, uh, she actually snuck in the cops were looking for her and <laughs> she hid in the line for big thunder mountain. Oh, I don't know if she got the ride or not, but I'm assuming they caught her because they, you know, they were able to report this, but how funny is that where, you know, if somebody's bold enough to sneak into the park, you'd think they would hide in like a warehouse or a backstage area, but nope. Hops in line for big thunder mountain. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that was a little surprising that, you know, they went to a ride where, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people around in that and you're kind of locked in once you get into the queue and, and everything there. Um, I, I, when I first saw that and they were talking about a ride, I was hoping that they weren't like inside the ride, you know, cause that could be, you know, real dangerous right. if you're out there and, you know, the ride's going around and, you know, they decided to, to hide out in one of the shacks or something like that, that are, you know, part of the theming of that ride. But, um, it's not that hard to find people in, in, in that queue. You know, I don't know if you've been on the one in, in Disneyland, but it's not that hard. You know, when you go in there, you can look around and you can see pretty much everyone that's in there. So, um, I would have picked a different, <laughs> you know, I would have picked a different ride if I were them to try to, to try to hide out in. Yeah, um, I, I don't think that this was a strategy. I think this was a desperation thing. Um, I think that was the first ride she saw and she just ran to it because she knew she was being chased. I yeah, don't know. yeah. But it, like I said, lighthearted, um, you know, didn't get away with it. And, you know, you're not going to if you try to do things like that, you know. So uh, just don't do it. Oh, yeah. And today I remember um, hearing story. I mean, not my parents, but like other adults, because my, my parents were way too square for this. But apparently there was like a hole in the fence at Cincinnati, Coney Island, and like everybody knew about it and you could just sneak in or whatever. Like you would never get away with that in today's world with the cameras and, you know, all that stuff. You get caught. Yeah. yeah. All right. Last all right. one. Pick six. Number the six. final. 
final story is, uh, you know, the 4th of July uh, this week. A lot of uh, celebrations going on around the industry. Some of them were four or five nights long. Some of them, you know, specifically to the 4th of July. Um, A lot of parks did it really well. Uh, Ryan, which ones impressed you from what you saw, either in person or perhaps, you know, you saw video online or social media photos and just read different stories about what the parks did? You know, I I didn't read too much into what other parks did. Um, I can speak from my experience. Uh, and I'm really glad to have this opportunity because I know some of them listen to the show, but I was at Kings Island. Uh, they did, I didn't know that they were going to do an extended show. So, cause I know that last year they did fun fireworks in 50, which is a huge show, but they didn't do anything special for the fourth. So I didn't really plan on going to Kings Island, but they, I just found out a day or two before that they're going to do a 15 minute show as opposed to like a six minute show like they normally do. Um, so I was like, yeah, we'll check it out because I've never seen them handle you know, with this new age of shows, how they do it. Uh, and boy, am I glad I went. Um, the show that they had, I don't know if you got to see anything or got to see any preview, but Fun Fireworks in 50 was the best. All right, I'm going to, that's out. It's off the table. This was, if Fun Fireworks in 50 was 100%, this was a 97%. This was so freaking good. Uh, they had laser projections on the Eiffel Tower of like Neil Armstrong planting the flag on the moon. Uh, the drones did a bunch of stuff, uh, the, you know, 1776 and um, uh, like uh, the American flag and Lady Liberty and uh, just the the way that they did the, the lasers coming off the Eiffel Tower. It was just like everybody, people started chanting USA after the show was over because it was just that good. So if you're listening to the show and you had something to do with it, my hat's off to you, sir or ma'am. That was freaking awesome. And that was the, the best way I could have spent my 4th of July. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that was an excellent show. And, you know, a couple other ones that uh, stood out to me. I really liked, uh, you know, what Cedar Point did. Uh, you know, they had that great setting there when you've, you've got, you know, the water, you know, the beach and and all those kind of things. I think it, you know, there's a lot of things with Cedar Point, just the setting that you don't find anywhere else. So that makes it a little bit unique. It's not just another fireworks show. And, uh, you know, Six Flags Fiesta Texas, you know, uh, the last few years, you know, they've been knocking out of the park with their 4th of July celebration. I mean, it is just, uh, you know, just an explosion of fireworks. Um, you know, it's a big, you know, colorful pageant in the sky. So I like what they did, too. So uh, those are the three that uh, stand out to me as, as, as the parks that, uh, you know, really, really did it well. And, uh, you know, everybody who, who experienced those shows enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, went home it was a great way to cap off your evening at the park. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fiesta, Texas. I don't know exactly what they did this year, uh, but I know in the past several years, actually, in the past um, that. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, fireworks come from a spot. The spot is called a site. Uh, normally, there's one for a really big show. There's two. I believe that one year Six Flags Fiesta Texas had like 10, like surrounding the park. 10, 10 or yeah. 11 different spots. Yeah. So that, thousands and thousands of shells, you know, going up from everywhere. And uh, I was talking to, to, to a friend of mine that worked there. Um, you know, he was on top of a, a roller coaster, like lift till taking pictures, you know, and they're going up right up underneath of him, you know, coming up from there. There wasn't a place uh, that they could hardly go in the park where they weren't firing them off from. So, uh, yeah, very impressive uh, there, but, uh, you know, Kings Island, Cedar Point, uh, Fiesta, Texas, and there's other parks out there that all, you know, did a phenomenal job with their their shows, and it, it's nice to see that, uh, you know, that all these parks are stepping up their 
their game and and just given guests that uh, you know that great way to cap off you know that that holiday at the park absolutely yeah that was uh i had a really great time on the fourth seeing that show and you know and having worked as a pyrotechnician uh it's and i'm not saying this from a place of arrogance but it's kind of like for the person that's ridden 500 coasters the coaster in your local city's park may not be that impressive you know because you know it's an old wooden coaster and they've ridden 130 of those uh i've seen and been part of many many firework shows um so to have one that really gets me this excited 24 hours later uh means that it, <laughs> it was very very well done so hats off to everybody involved uh all you pyrotechnicians out there uh, i feel you i did it for a long time uh, i haven't done it for the last two years but uh, maybe I'll get back out there, but I don't, I'm too old for dealing with the heat. But you have no idea how physically taxing it is, how just being outdoors from 8 a.m. until midnight is on the hottest day of the year. Uh, it's sweaty. It's dirty. It's people get hurt. And I'm not when I say people get hurt, I don't mean like, you know, Farmer Joe blows his fingers off. I'm saying you're moving around pallets and stuff and people like tear their hands open on nails and people get dehydrated. And uh, oh, it's just the, the sacrifice that people put in to do those fireworks shows for you is innumerable. Um, so if you're listening to this and you're involved in that industry in any way, hats off to you. So, yeah, it is a, a grueling job to have to put those shows on uh, absolutely all right well another show in the books don number 50 we're gonna be on the the second half of our first 100 shows starting next week do you realize that you know it's amazing and you know it's a lot of different shows we've uh, the good thing about it is we don't run out of things to talk about i was about. just thinking about you know, there's that. always something different and, and, and we keep evolving and we keep uh you know doing different uh, things and finding uh different things that are interest to our, our audience. And, you know, if you have show suggestions too, you know, uh, topics you want us to talk about, you know, tweet that at us as well. You know, we're, we're, we're open to anything, you know, we're not married to any type of certain, uh, you know, format topic or anything like that. We're going to get back to having some guests on again here soon too, as well. So we'll be mixing that back into it. Uh, a lot of people we want to have on, this is their busy time of the year. So it's hard for us to, um, you know, get them to to want to sit down for an hour, or not want to sit down, but have that time to sit down with us. Um, so we'll get into uh, you know late July here, and their schedule start to free up a little bit, and we'll have some really good guests coming on in the next few weeks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And plus, like selfishly, you know, when things are going, there's to people like me and like Don, and for those of you who are like on the marketing or even operations side of things, oftentimes the planning and the anticipation is the exciting thing. So that's why we worry about how to do a proper meal plan, how to have an enthusiast event when the parks are closed. But now that they're open, try to enjoy in the moment. You know, that's why we talked about Cedar mm -hmm. Point and, um, uh, you know, you know, yeah, I think you're really going to, yeah, we talked Camden park and I think you're really going to like some of the different, uh, parks that we talk about in the weeks ahead. And, you know, we isolate on different parks and talk about, uh, the different experiences that uh, Ryan and I've had when we visited these parks and, um, you know, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, we know that, you know, you visited those parks as well. You're going to have, uh, your memories, your thoughts, uh, your impressions of it. And that just makes great content for us on our social channels for you to just join the conversation and, and tell us what, uh, you know, your experiences were there as well. Yeah. And if there's, uh, you know, if there's any park that you feel like we should discuss that you think that, uh, would have a pretty good audience, chances are one or both of us have been there. So, uh, give us a shout. Uh, so make sure that you 
uh, follow us on Twitter at attractions underscore GRP. Um, we are available on all your favorite podcast apps by searching for the attractions group podcast. Same with YouTube, the attractions group podcast. You can watch the video version, um, sponsorship opportunities available. Shoot us a private message. You know who you are. Keep contacting us. We'll make it work. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but awesome. Well, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next week, everybody. Thank you so much. Thanks, Don. <laughs>